Hello and welcome to the Evolve podcast, hosted by me, Simon Bocco, where I interview successful people who talk openly and honestly about the journey they've been on to become the person they are today, sharing stories, insights, tips and anecdotes along the way. It's a great opportunity to learn from entrepreneurs, business leaders, creatives and technologists who've all taken very different paths to success. Welcome to another episode of the Evolve podcast. I'm joined today by Alison O'Leary, who is a career coach from Live True. Hi, Alison. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. I like to kind of start these podcasts by introducing you from my perspective, mm. and then you can talk about yourself. But I think you're actually someone who's helped me, in fact. So, <laughs> so I, I was at a kind of turning point in my career. And I think probably at the time I had a job mm-hmm. and uh, was thinking about whether I should start my own business or, or whatever it might be. And you kind of helped me. And when I came to that cross junction in, in my life, and that's something that you're, you're doing a lot of now with people. Yeah. So it'd be good to get a, a bit of an overview in terms of I know you come from a PR and comms background, but obviously working as a career coach now. So it'd be really interesting for me to kind of understand that journey and and, and how the context of working in business and your own experiences is now meant that that you can help others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, like you said, I spent about 20 years working agency side doing PR and comms work for technology companies. And um, for me, the more I did, I was very successful at it, but the more the years went on, the less enjoyable I found it <laughs> um, until I really, I just hit a point of no return. I was about 37 at the time and I just, I knew I needed to do something else, but I had absolutely no idea what. So after floundering around for quite a long time, I hired a coach myself to help me figure out what on earth it was I might do instead. And obviously I had a concern about money and how I was going you know, to, I wanted to earn a decent amount of money and have a decent lifestyle. And so through that process, I actually figured out that actually I wanted to be a coach myself. Um, And so I started that journey. And now a great deal of the work that I do is helping people, helping professionals, you know, people who are, you know, really successful in their own rights in all sorts of industries who, you know, have been doing it a long time. They're usually in their 30s, 40s or 50s, but they're miserable. Help them figure out what the right career path is so that they can then actually make you know go through the right kind of transition that works for them to end up doing something that actually is fulfilling and fits but my own background because I you know I, I, my own background working in a you know coming from a commercial world it's not airy fairy stuff <laughs> and so everything yeah. I do is rooted very much in in pragmatism um, and you know I, I bring a real world perspective to what I do to help people really figure that route out I think it's really interesting. I think something so common, as I, as I said to you before we, we we started this podcast, I meet so many people who, you know, they've got big ambitions to to, to retrain and yeah. do something completely different. They want to start their own business or they want to follow a passion of theirs, mm. but they kind of hit a, a point in their life where, whether it's school fees, mortgage, yeah. general lifestyle, whatever it might be. And I think that they're living almost right up to the max. So even if they took a small 20% dip in income for a period mm. of time, it's going to cause them some problems. Yeah. And I think, and also the things around them. So, so, so for example, their wife's attitude or, or husband's attitude to risk, for example, yeah. and things like that. So it'd be interesting, especially for me in mm. terms of how you help people overcome those challenges and things that people see as barriers that actually aren't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it, I work with an awful lot of people, you know, a lot of men as well as women who are at that point, you know, got an awful lot of financial commitments, family commitments, you know, and are unfiltered 
trapped. They have to earn the money they need to earn in order to pay for, you know, all of the things that need to be paid for. And so they feel like it's impossible. And so, you know, and that's an awful place to be because it's just a, it's a miserable place to be. So a lot of the work that I do with people that are in that position is to help them figure out what the right thing is, but with a transition plan that fits with their own personal circumstances and their own financial situation. You know, I think a lot of people, and I was, I was like this myself, when I was thinking about making a career change, I imagined that I was going to sort of switch off my PR and comms career. I'm going to switch on my coaching career and it was just going to be an overnight kind of thing. And of course, that's just not reality. It's just life doesn't work like that. And I still needed to earn a certain amount of money and, and whatever. And so my own transition took four years. So I retrained while I was still working full time, you know, and then I started to build up my own business in the background whilst, you know, and then slowly and then I went part time as I built things up so that by the time I went full time with my coaching, it was completely doable. So I take the same approach with my clients. We work out, you know, once once we know what the right thing is, we work out a plan of action and a timeline that fits for them. And what tends to happen, this has happened to me and it happens to nearly all of my clients the minute that you actually start working on thinking about what the right thing is, even before you've taken any steps toward trying to make it a reality, there's a great relief <laughs> and, the, and the, the, the sort of misery of the day job becomes much less because you realize or it feels like you're finally, it's not your forever anymore. You're not just stuck with it yeah. for the next 20 odd years slogging away. You are actually working towards something that will eventually take you in a different direction and feel good. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is around, you know, when, when people are, you know, if they've got partners, like you said, who are very risk averse or just, you know, <laughs> worried about the idea of change, I will work with them to work that stuff through and to help them have the kinds of you know, open conversations and kind of put their, their partners at ease a little bit about what they're doing and the timelines for it. So again, it's sort of not a sort of rip the plaster off and, you know, expose yourself to great risk because I would never advocate that. And that, that's, you know, that would just terrify people. Yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of that resonates with me. I think like you say is, is people, the fear I think comes from that off on, you know, and yeah. they think that um, effectively I go from a guaranteed income to a, a, a maybe <laughs> yeah. income or yeah. in fact a zero yeah. income. Yeah. And actually, as you pointed out, it's, it's a, a transition plan mm. to get you from where you are. So I think it's really interesting and good to hear that, it, you know, it took you four years. And I think yeah. that that's a, that's a real reality of, of what it is, you know, and I think the other thing that's really, really important and a kind of, again, something that, that I've gone through that journey as well is is that happiness that comes from when you've got a goal that isn't the drudgery yeah. of life yeah. you know and I remember that I stopped working in a business and started studying the business in which I worked in mm. to understand at a much harder level how it worked yeah. to set myself up for them when I left and then the day job just became like water for ducks back yeah it's it not very nice <laughs> bothered you know I've had a bad day work late bothered yeah. these are all the, the, the steps that I'm going on to get me to what I want to do. So I think, I think that's kind of really important. Yeah, what you're um, describing is exactly right. It's sort of, it, it loses its emotional sort of drainingness. It's an emotional pull because you know you're working on something that's coming that's better <laughs> and it's going to be way more fulfilling and way more fun. And, uh, and so whatever happens, it's just like you say, water off a duck's back, meh. <laughs> it's just a day. Do you find though that people almost, um, is there a fear that comes from, from when you actually get to that point so so we can all get excited about what the future holds and we start making some steps towards it because we get there and then suddenly that final step which is like right I've worked part-time on 
training or I'm, I'm now fully qualified mm. or I've worked part-time doing an alternative job that could now pay me full-time. Yeah. Is there this kind of like almost I've dipped my toe in the water and I'm a bit, yeah, does that happen as well? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. You know, because people are all human and it's that I, I experienced the same thing, that trepidation of like, you know, the final make, you know, make that final move. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, I work with people to help them remove those mental blocks to that final step on that change so that they can step into it and really then give it their all. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're all human. (laughs) One thing I'm just thinking about is, is there a success story that that kind of really stuck with you that someone, because I think what's interesting is, and and it should be heartening for people to hear is Mm. someone who's done something seemingly quite drastic that that would, would freak us all out, but actually they've kind of flown in another direction. So I think it'd be good if, obviously obviously anonymized but but Mm. if you could talk through perhaps someone that you've helped that I don't know they've gone from being a banker to an artist or you know something that feels quite revolutionary I think that'd be really interesting yeah yeah well I have one client who you know again from a comic comms background and we just hated it and you know was really unhappy and we figured out what he really wanted to be was a, a, a writer Right, but of course that when you <laughs> felt like a massive pipe dream, like oh god, you know, I want to write books. You know, how am I yeah. ever going to do that? I want to be a published author and make money from it, and blah blah blah. Um, and so anyway, we worked through the process, got him very clear on that that's what he wanted to do, and then started the transition. And part of the transition plan for him was taking a different kind of job in the same industry that he had, but that would give him more time to write. So a bit more of a nine to five job, in order to free up space so that he could just start to write. And then he spent, you know, a number of years doing that, and you know, and it, you know, eventually, and it was five years in total, you know, so not a small amount of time. And he tried to, you know, he entered publishing competitions. He did all sorts of stuff, you know, as part of his journey to, you know, to try and get to the place he wanted to be. And then a couple of years ago, he had his first book published by Hodder and Stoughton. Now he's actually, wow. what's interesting, he's he's still in his comms job. Because what he realized in terms of writing was that actually he really enjoyed it, but it took the misery out of the day job. And therefore, that he's carried on with it. So he's still writing. He's in the midst of his second book now. But, you know, it's quite a change. If he wanted to, he could be, you know, and at some point he might decide that that's exactly what he wants to do and that's it. Um, but it just, you know, it, that, it was a five-year period and something that felt like an absolute impossibility at the very beginning. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. I'm sure this um, gentleman sounds quite ambitious. If you said to him, go and get a boring nine to five job in your career move, <laughs> yeah. he'd be like, no way. Well, like, I need thing. to be doing this. So, so it's like a weird thing, isn't it? it? It's absolutely. almost, you know, go and get a job that's not really what you're looking for for a career to free yeah. up some time to do something else. Well, what, you know, happened, you know, what happened was that he, he went for a number of different jobs and he had three job offers. One was the boring nine to five, one was a job with a, a major technology company, which would have been like the big CV career job. And one was sort of in the middle. And of course, his mind was telling him that he, he should take the big career CV, even though it's just not at all what he wanted to do. <laughs> but because yeah. he even offered it, he felt like this is, you know, and people will think I'm mad if I turn this down. But when we did the work and we looked at it, you know, and I, I used a few different techniques to be able to really think it through, the nine to five was the one he wanted. And he was brave enough to make that choice. Yeah, and I think that's also important is, is to make that leap of faith. You know, yeah. obviously, I, I, I've gone through and you, you've got various exercises, so I, I find the answers myself. Yeah. But I don't think there's another thing, which is, do I trust my own instinct? You know, like, like there's a lot of things that, and there's a head over heart type thing, isn't it? It sounds like this job was a really good head thing. On paper, 
this is a winner. I'm off to big tech company to do <laughs> yeah. whatever. But the heart says, right, well, if I actually want to be successful as a writer, I need some bandwidth yeah. and I need some some mental capacity to work on this. So what was yeah. really interesting with him was that he so he took the nine to five and you know part of I got him to it it, I, it might sound a bit strange, but I got him to use his body rather than his mind to make the decision. Like because you know we our gut feel and your physical reactions to things tell you an awful lot. And he so he made that decision, took the nine to five job and the big global technology company who he turned down came back to him a year later, hadn't forgotten him, and then offered him a completely different job in a totally in, in, a, in an area that he was really interested in, you know, still with a comms background. And he he then took that. So in actual fact, he took the nine to five, he did the he wrote the majority of his first book during that time. And then he ended up getting, you know, a job that that was amazing from a CV perspective afterwards. And you could never have known that at the time, but it was obviously the right choice. Yeah, that's a great story. It ended up with the best of both worlds, yeah. you know, it, it, and didn't actually need to choose or go either way. You know, you've got fulfillment in the day and fulfillment yeah. as, in the evening and weekends writing a book. So yeah. I think that's brilliant. And to talk to me about your own journey then, because like you said, mm-hmm. what's interesting for me is you've gone through a similar journey, which is, is what <laughs> your clients are. Yeah. And you, you saw a career coach at, th- at 37. Mm. So what was the impact of that? And I think the other thing is a secondary question is, do you still have coaching yourself? Because I know um, <laughs> lots of personal trainers have personal trainers, yeah. which to me I find really odd, but apparently <laughs> <It's> um, <a> <laughs> they, they need someone to kick them, to take them to the next level. But also hierarchically, it's like, I don't know, you're a personal trainer doing whatever. And then you've got someone who's an ex-Navy SEAL who personal mm. trains you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to understand, um, A, that journey about you and the, the impact that that career coach had on, on you mm. and also whether you're still being, being coached, coached or, yeah. t- or take coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the impact that the, the, so when I hired the coach, I was in a place where I was really unhappy and I was, I was struggling with a few things at work out, you know, at, you know, from a personal perspective as well. And so I kind of gone to it with this whole mix of things and, I don't really know what I expected at the time. So I'd never done coaching before. I didn't know what it was really, you know, and I'd, but I'd sort of hit a point where I needed to do something. And she took me through a number of different exercises, you know, to really get me thinking about what, what it was I really, you know, what I enjoyed. What was I driven by? What were my values? All of the stuff that we tend not to think a lot about. Um, and it ended up with I me mean, after a number of sessions, I just got this light bulb moment where I realized, you know, I started thinking about, coaching as an actual career option but of course in my mind I was thinking well this is ridiculous you've got 20 years of PR experience who the hell is ever going to pay you money to to be a coach you know you've got no credibility but what this coach helped me understand was that throughout the course of that 20-year career I had built up a whole boatload of skills and an experience that related to coaching so, you know, because it was my natural bent in every job I ever had, I was volunteered to run the people pillars. I designed and trained and you know, ran training sessions and coaching sessions for team members and clients. And it was the stuff I gravitated towards, even though technically it wasn't necessarily part of my job description. And so I'd done an awful lot of it without really even thinking about it. So she helped me kind of piece that, that, that puzzle together. Um, and so it for me, once I knew what it was that I, that was the right thing, it was then just a case of practical, break it down, practical steps. How the hell do I make that happen? You know, so it was it was it was life changing. 
you know, and it, and it was actually part of a much bigger piece of work I did with her around lifestyle and life. You know, what was it that really, what really drives me and where do I want to be and how do I want to live my life? Um, and so it sparked a, not just a career change, but a whole lifestyle change. So I moved with my husband from the center of London to the bottom of a mountain in Wales, <laughs> yeah. where we now live, you know, and I created, we created a lifestyle where there was a whole lot more time for friends and family and just living. So it was all part and parcel of the same kind of thing. So yeah, it, it, it was completely life-changing. And then in answer to your question, do I, do I get coached? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew, actually, that's what I asked you. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, it's, it's it, in part, so I've got two different things like, that I do. I've got um, people that I actually trained with, you know, through my actual coach training, I got put into a, a cohort of other, co- you know, trainee coaches. And there's the number of us that actually still get together once a week. And we, you know, share best practice, talk about what we're learning, new things we're coming across, stuff we're trying, you know, so it's a sort of, you know, it's because it's really important to just not keep doing the same old thing over and over. And I love learning. And so it's, you know, always applying and testing out new tools and techniques. Um, and then I also have a coach myself you know, who does the same thing with me, you know, like where, <laughs> because you're in your own life, you tend yeah. not to be, you know, you sort of, you're not necessarily thinking outside of your own sphere, you know, so having somebody that, that you know, like you said, like I said, with your PTs, <laughs> putting me through my paces, getting me, challenging me, getting me to think about, you know, where I want to be, what it is I'm doing, how I'm doing it is massively valuable. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things I wanted to talk about is going back to what you're saying about values. Mm. And that's something that we did together. And was a real wake up call for me, because if I remember rightly, I think the most important thing to me was authenticity. (laughs) I remember I worked in an industry that was like, inauthentic, if that's a word, or disingenuous. Mm -hmm. And uh, lots of people that were the polar opposite to that and it was just a wake up like well what am I doing then if the most important thing to me is authenticity and I work in an industry that doesn't have particularly (laughs) authentic people I've actually got no hope you know so and I think also now I've got my own business that's something that I carry through so I am really honest really straightforward with people super transparent super flat hierarchy you know all of those things and if I was to probably look at myself and I'm doing this on the spot Mm. is that that's one of the the freedoms that comes from that is because you're doing something that's a reflection of your values and how you like to operate and what you want to do as opposed to thinking I need to work for x large company I need x y salary and again it'd be interesting to understand if if you've got some examples on that it it is once you've got I guess a purpose the money bit comes do you know what I mean like people yeah. buy into that yeah. you know you don't and, and it's of no surprise to me that the guy that you mentioned before who passed on the job came back it's like a weird thing it like, is. So, so as soon as you're aloof and, and you've got a, a certain way of doing things and that you'll become interesting and yeah. people people want that well you make the right choice for you and it draws the right stuff in it's really fascinating I see this all the time with my clients it's like weird serendipities that happen and but it is because if you and again I'm like this is the exercise that my that my original coach did with me this value you know the the type of stuff that we did around values you know getting me to pin down you know what are the fundamental things that are uh, you know that drive and motivate me that are absolutely key to my sense of well-being and happiness you know and for me my top two were freedom and peace and freedom meant you know not being told what to wear not being told where to be or what hours to work that kind of thing what you know color what, your I mean? hair what be? color my hair should <laughs> be it literally this is obviously no one can see us yeah. but it's actually brown but usually it's, it's pink usually, blue this yellow is quite, this is a novelty for me because it's it's an yeah. ordinary color and I haven't been 
an ordinary for about 10 years. So it's uh, I'm rocking it just for fun. But uh, yeah, so same thing. Um, and yet I was working, obviously, at the time for a, uh, for an agency and I was absolutely at the beck and call and being, you know, I did, it was the way I had to be. And then my other my other value is peace. And for me, that means silence. I, I absolutely need loads of downtime. I need my own quiet time. And I was working in the centre of London in a really busy open plan office, having to do loads of client entertainment in noisy bars. I lived in Covent Garden, possibly the noisiest place on earth. And none of these things yeah. had actually, I'd never thought about it. Before I did this exercise, I'd never realised I just wasn't, I just never listened to myself. And so, again, like you, I then used my own values to shape my business to shape how I work, who I work with, and and the environment that I'm in, and and it just and it feels great. And because you're authentic to it, because you're finally operating from a place of, it's really, it's actually truly me, it works. Yeah, and I think also what was interesting, I think I had one job between us having a conversation, and I had a job, and then I started my own business after that, and I actually went through the interview process thinking, does this business and do these people have the same values as me? Because yeah. that's going to be the reason why I stayed. Yeah. And it was a, again a kind of interesting thing. So rather than saying, oh, I've got all these responsibilities, or I've got this <laughs> great client base, yeah. or I've got this amount of money, or a bonus, or whatever, all of that I didn't even look at. I didn't care. Yeah. I just went into the interview process thinking, right, these are my top sort of values and these are the things I don't that, that I really don't like and what I'm not looking for at all. And then almost seeing that as a lens in which to have an interview yeah. and, and thinking, are we aligned in terms of the way we operate and what we do? And actually, mm-hmm. probably, I think lots of people in business do that subconsciously. So I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and we were talking about the fact that you've I've almost now got a radar for it. So, mm-hmm. so you meet someone and think, we're on the same page. We could do business together. Yeah. I don't need to talk to you for more than about 15, 20 minutes. And I know <laughs> yeah. that, that this will work. And then the other people you speak to and within know. five minutes, it's usually even less, yeah. you know, it's like, forget it. Absolutely. You know, and it, it, you've almost got that radar. Again, from my experience, I think success comes from that because you've surrounded yourself by people who operate and work in the same way that you do and things become easier then and you don't have to worry about oh is someone going to try and steal my clients are they going to backstab me you know and and you're swimming with sharks actually you're swimming with like-minded people absolutely and it 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 really plays out I mean it's played out in my own business so when I started you know I built it based off what was really important to me and the types of people that I you know were going to be my ideal types of clients because there are a lot of people that I wouldn't be able to work with (laughs) Uh, yeah and, and staying true to that and, and, you know, majority of my work comes by referral. And so I've built a business, you know, I do, I do very little marketing. And it's brilliant because I work with clients that are my absolute ideal types of people that fit, that align with my own values and the way that, you know, the, the, the things that are important to me, you know, so we feel connected and then they refer me to other people that are like them. <laughs> and so yeah, it, nice. it works, you know, but if you know, and I know, I know a lot of a few people I trained with who you know tried setting up businesses and then have tried sort of being a one size fits all and not applying that kind of lens. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because I think we spoke about a, a kind of real specialism for you is if someone who's looking to career change in their thirties, forties, fifties. And I thought what would be quite interesting is if there's a common thread that runs through these people. So, so if I spoke to you, spoke to ten people right now. Mm three who are 30s and three in the 40s, three in the 50s and one who was in the 60s, mm. what would you hear 
10 times? You know, what, what's the really common thing that, that, that comes up, whether it's a barrier or, or, or a reason to do it? Because I think that'd be quite interesting. Yeah. Well, I suppose there are a number of things. Most of them come, a lot of the words people use, uh, one major word everybody seems to use is clarity. Like I just need clarity yeah. on what the right thing is. So a lot of the people that I work with are can-do people. Right? They are, they've been successful even though they really don't like what they do. And so, but they are struggling because they don't know what the right thing is. And that stops them being able to take any action steps. And because they can-do people, that's highly frustrating. <laughs> you know, you feel stuck and trapped. And so what they're looking for is clarity on what the right thing is in order to then we can map out, I can help map out how the hell to go make it happen, however long that takes, you know, because once they're taking action, they feel much better and more comfortable. So I hear a lot of that. I get a lot, a lot of people who are really, really unhappy, but but I hear I've missed the boat. I'm too old. It's too late for me. I should have done this 10, 20 years ago. You know, and like I said, I work with a lot of people in their sort of mid fifties who've been doing one thing, like, you know, they've been in one sector in one type of role for 30 odd years and they feel like, you know, am I, am I being ridiculous? <laughs> should I just ride this out till retirement? But you know, the idea of that just feels awful. And so, uh, yeah, I hear a lot of that, which I, you know, we dispel quite quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. And what else do I hear? A lot of people come and it's, it's a confidence issue. You know, it's that whole, we've talked about it before, but that whole imposter syndrome thing, a lack of confidence and self-belief that they, they, they were able to do something different or that, you know, even though they're really good at what they do, they just don't believe in themselves. And so, you know, again, I do a lot of work with people to help them overcome that, put that to bed once and for all so that they can really step into their own, you know, in, in whatever field it is. Yeah, and I, th- I think that brings me on to what to talk about next. I mm. think it, it's something that comes up quite often on this podcast and I almost, I, I've probably still got it, but it's not as bad as it used to be. But I always become like a radar for other people. I tell them <laughs> off, you know, like, uh, and, and it's, in- it's a really interesting thing actually mm. is, I've been lucky to have some really brilliant people on this on this podcast who are, you know, amazing in their field, super bright, super interesting. Every single one of them, the end will go, "Is that all right? Is it okay? Is it good enough? <laughs> did did did, yeah. did did you did did you get what you needed to? Uh, if you need to do a re-recording, let me know." Yeah. And it's like, mate, yeah. I, I you know, it was absolutely perfect. Like such amazing content, such an interesting person. We could have done this for three hours, yeah. you know. And 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 the, and I'll get feedback from people that say, "Oh, I listened to." So and so, and it completely changed my view on things, and I've suddenly got much more motivation about what I want to do, or mm. listen to someone else, and I learned loads. And I send that feedback onto them, and it sort of seemingly just doesn't doesn't seem to help, yeah. you know. And it, and I think it's really interesting in terms of if you could share some of those techniques for people yeah. because it's so common. And actually, I I find that most some of the most successful people I I meet. It's and the ones who have it the most, yeah. and you wouldn't know it from the outside. What's fascinating with with my client list, you wouldn't know. You know, so like recently I worked with a, an IT consultant, you know, she's in her mid 40s, really senior, really capable from the outside. You'd have no idea that that's what she felt. But on the inside, absolutely, you know, crippled by it, hampered. And so there's two ways that I come at it with people. There's two types of things, that, two types of work that we do. One is um, all right, I use techniques to help people actually physiologically retrain their brains to think differently. So what we do is we dig in to understand where where this whole imposter syndrome thing comes from in the first place. Is it comes from somewhere, you know? Usually, and it doesn't need to be big traumatic stuff, but it'll be an experience or an influence they've had probably earlier on in their lifetime that's shaped the way that they see themselves and the world around them. 
and then they've carried that through and it's always been there in the back of their mind building and building um and so i use brain retraining techniques that actually help you actually physiologically create new neural pathways in your brain to that help you think differently or, you know and, and end up with thought patterns neural pathways that serve you better that over time with practice become the more dominant ones that your mind end up connecting to so there's a sort of process to that and it involves challenging your own mind's thinking so recognizing where this stuff comes from in the first place to understand that it's just not you you know a lot of people tend to come to me and go it's just the way i am it's the way i was born it's my personality <laughs> and i quickly yeah, dispel that. that and go no it's not <laughs> it comes from somewhere you've just it's a learned behavior and so you can unlearn it you know the brain is malleable so i take them through that process get them challenging their own minds thinking on you know we help help them identify the stories that they hold about themselves um you know they really believe are true and start to chip away at that and then the other thing i do is come at it from a positive psychology perspective so i use a a, a system called clifton strengths by gallup and it's a methodology that they developed that helps people identify their natural strengths and there's an online um assessment i get people to take cost 20 quid and, and honestly in my opinion it's by far and away the, worth the 20 pounds and it you you it takes about half an hour to do and it tells you what your top five strengths are and the reason it's really powerful what they found they that gallup actually interviewed over two million people who were at the top of their game in every kind of job role in industry you can imagine to try and determine what it was that was making those people so successful at their jobs and when they analyzed all the data they determined that there were 34 strengths any one person might have and it's it's not really pat stuff you know it doesn't come out and go oh you're really good at being organized and you're good at logistics it's much deeper than that and it's based off how you intuitively interact with people with data and just kind of with the world at large and they've developed this assessment this online assessment off the back of the research that that tells you what your top 5 strengths are and what they found through their research and why this is so powerful is that all of these all of those 2 million people they interviewed were all using their top 5 strengths every single day in the role that they were doing so they were doing an awful lot of what they were very naturally good at stuff that they you know they do with their eyes closed that they didn't really value because they found it easy <laughs> um and 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 so i get people to take this assessment we go through it really help them connect them to what they do absolutely naturally and work out ways to put that on steroids so they start to recognize and value the 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 skill sets you know that they have and bring and how to maximize those things you know to to help them progress and remove barriers and actually that's yes. what i used with the it consultant and it it was absolutely it opened her she was absolutely blown away by the things that came out of it and she st we started i started getting to use them consciously and over literally within about 5 weeks she had to run a massive client meeting um or new business meeting and typically was petrified of this sort of stuff even though nobody knew beat herself up for days beforehand and afterwards and she delivered it she delivered it absolutely with confidence and self belief and at the end of that meeting her master her very um her a really senior regional manager sidled over to her and whispered in her ear you appear to have assumed additional swagger <laughs> No, it was noticeable <laughs> from the outside that she'd stepped into herself and really was, you know, felt absolutely fine about what she was doing. So yeah, so it's a, it's a combination of stuff, but you can absolutely it doesn't you don't need to live with it. I think that's the other really important lesson which I took there is about 
having value or building value into what you do. Mm. So I know a lot of people, uh, whether they're creatives or technical or whatever it might be, because something comes so naturally to them, they they see it as something that shouldn't be that expensive or or that big a deal. So someone uh, I know is a technical person who he he did a job for someone and he charged such a nominal amount of money. And he said, oh, but it's really easy. I can just do it in whatever. But I said, (laughs) how much would a large consultancy charge for this? And he was like, know 10,000 pounds yeah. I was like okay and you've done it for like 500 quid yeah it's like why don't you just take 5,000 pounds and then you then, get 5,000 pounds for two days work yeah. because how many other people could do this and I think there's another thing which is around I mean brands obviously I work in is, is a really good example is there'll be teams that have been trying to crack their brand for two years mm-hmm. just because I can go into a room and do it in an afternoon <laughs> doesn't mean you know it doesn't, doesn't mean no. it should be five pounds no. because it's taken a team of people two years and they haven't solved yeah. the problem there's a real like value-based thing yeah. in that, which is it might be easy to you, yeah. but to someone else, they've had five people had a crack at this for two years. And, and, and that's so, really, so what's the value of that to that business? It's massive. It's huge. And it's 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 always a massive surprise when I do this with people and we go through their strengths. And you know, and they're and, and obviously they read this stuff before we 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 talk about it. And so when they come to a session and I say, How did you feel about it? Did you read it? How did you feel about it? Well, yeah, you know, you know, almost like like everybody. You're looking over the fence wishing you had different strengths or different abilities because you're looking at the next person and going, I want to be more like them <laughs> and not valuing the things that you genuinely do. But by the time we've finished and I've got them to connect to it and understand the power of what they do and the fact that not everybody does that, not everybody has that capability. You know, and I give them examples. You know, so for example, where people have got specific um, like relationship building strengths, for example. And they find it really, really easy, you know, so in a sales environment or, or, or a networking environment or, or run, managing and running a team type of thing, you know, they find it really easy to connect with people, make them feel good, make them want to work with them. And, but they don't value it because it's sort of something that doesn't everybody do that. And then I, I, I will highlight, I'll say, think of somebody that you've worked with or that you know that doesn't do this or that has a one size fits all or kind of, a, you know, falls down. And when I get them to really think it through and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, actually, yeah, people, <laughs> no, you're right, not everybody does this. No, no, no. So you've got to use it and, that, and, and put a proper value on it, you know. So if you're running your own business, absolutely right. Understand. Yeah, and I think, I think that benchmarking exercise is something that I, I kind of talk to people about and do myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at others who do exactly what you do are they as, and it's really difficult because I think people will be humble as well. Yeah. So there's a sort of certain arrogance to this, but it's like, are they as good at me that what I do, you know? And, and then after a while, you've met 30 people that have got 15 years more experience than you and not one of them is as good as you are, yeah. you know? And then suddenly you're like, actually, do you know what? I'm a lot better at this than I thought I am. Well, that's it. And there's also, there's a unique flavor to things. So what I do, I work with a lot of people who, who, you know, want to set up their own businesses, you know, whether that's in the industry they've been in or, you know, they want to freelance or whatever. And they go through that same process of what is it I've got to offer? Why would they choose me over X, Y, Z? You know, somebody's got 10 years more experience or somebody's got whatever. And it's about their unique flavor of, you know, whatever it is they do. So again, I connect them to it with this, the strengths that they have, their natural personality, their value system. And when you put it all together, it's going to work for your, your type of people, your ideal clients, the people that are right for you, like this, you know, that, and there's real value in it. So thinking about the flavor of it and how and the combined offer, 
you know so like when I started and I was thinking I oh, like I said I, I like who the hell is going to hire me as a career coach when you know <laughs> so you why it, you, like, it <laughs> <laughs> I did, you know because it was like oh it was such a different it was such a change from what I had been doing you know and then when I started and I put it out there that this was what I was doing I immediately got about four people come to me just through LinkedIn because I posted it as this thing I was doing four old PR clients who knew me through my PR and were like oh my god and so they could recognize it in me and they because they had connected with me as a person and knew what I was like they were like you would be ideal for me would you consider working with me and that it never occurred to me at the yeah. time but it was again it's that you know you you have your own flavor and your own your own what the right target audience and I think finally, what I wanted to do is, is, is kind of wrap up in terms of, I, I think you're, you're a case study for what you do, yeah. if you see what I yeah, mean. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you, you basically had a career change, went to go out and live out in some deepest, darkest <laughs> part of Wales, yeah. and completely changed your life mm. and have bought success from that. And I think a, a kind of happiness and energy you kind of unlocked mm. as a result yeah. of doing that. So I thought it'd, it'd, be, it'd be nice to finish in, in terms of almost... Uh, talking about your own experiences and actually the net benefit of taking quite a, a risk and doing something quite drastic, like Covent Garden to a bottom of the mountain <laughs> in Wales yeah. is quite big, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, a successful PR agency or career mm-hmm. in London to working as a careers coach, you know, and doing, so, so I think it'd be interesting to just take us through your own story and how that's, that's really helped you on a, an emotional, mental, yeah. whatever it might be, basis. Well, the the, the, the catalyst. There were a couple of catalysts for for the change. Um, you know, so I'd been on, you know, increasingly unhappy generally with what I was doing and the environment and the types of people I was having to deal with, and just it just didn't fit. But there was a very physical reaction for me too. So I, I had, you know, in in the last ten years of my PR career, I was really quite ill. <laughs> you know so the physical manifestation of stress and living a lifestyle and a life that just and doing a job yeah. that didn't really fit um for me uh, i had chronic stomach issues i couldn't digest food properly i was a, a, a complete insomniac there were all sorts of physical manifestations of that and so you know physically i'd got to a point where this was doing, i just the stress of it was just going to kill me if i kept going but also i had no life in truth, and I, there was a, a very a catalyst moment where I, I came home from work it, and, and my husband arrived home from work around the same time. It was about quarter to nine at night, you know, so we'd only just got back. We had no food in the fridge because we never had any time for life admin, no food shopping. So we had to go out for a dinner, which felt like a chore rather than a pleasure. And as we sat opposite one another, exhausted, barely able to speak, we hadn't seen each other for a week because we'd been doing busy work, different work things. We looked at one another, what the hell are we doing? Like for all the money, for all of the life, the, you know, the supposed trappings of the lifestyle, this is not working for us in any shape or form. That's it. That's it. We're going to change it. And we had absolutely no idea what we would change it to. We didn't know where we wanted to live. We didn't know what jobs we would do, but we just knew that we had to do something. And so that started the process of thinking about, right, where, you know, and, and it, that, that, even that process, it took us a year to decide where to live. You know, we went all over the place looking because we had no reason to be anywhere in particular. And we didn't know whether to start with the job first or, or, or where to, you know, the, the house. And so, you know, but when we finally found the house we now live in, you know, again, again, there was this whole transition period. It took four years in total. But when, it finally happened and we made the switch apart from mentally you know mentally and emotionally i just feel so much better 
I sleep like a baby. I can eat whatever I like. All the digestive issues disappeared overnight. I have the freedom and the peace that's really important to me every day. Yeah. So if I want to take time off to go do something fun, I can. If I, like, if I, <laughs> it's, it's up to me. And, and for me, because it aligns now with all of the things, all of the values that absolutely drive me, it works. And it, feel, it just feels amazing. I feel incredibly fortunate. You know, and in the same way, my husband was, you know, he, he was one of my first guinea pigs to my coaching training. Um, so I put him through his paces and he, so he moved, he had a career, you know, he was the CMO in a software company, done marketing forever in the IT industry. And he made, he, on the same basis, we did his values, we looked at his strengths. He changed and went to work for a children's hospice as a head of income oh. generation marketing. So like completely never worked in the third sector, you know, but it, it, for him, and again, so he, he made a massive change. We did this whole lifestyle change. A lot of people thought we were mental. Like people were going, what on earth are you doing? Why are you checking in these big you know, jobs and all this money and you're know, living in Covent Garden, you're living the life, you know, from the outside, it looked like we were, we're ticking all the boxes, but on the inside, it just didn't work for us. And now it's great. You know, and I just, I don't, anybody who, who feels like that, you know, is in that position where they just, it's, it isn't working for them for whatever reason. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It, it doesn't matter how small a steps you take, but you can absolutely do it. It's possible and it will make you feel freaking awesome by comparison. So it's well worth it. And that wraps up another episode of the Evolve podcast. I hope you've taken inspiration and learned something from this week's interview. And I'd love to see you here next week so please do subscribe. If you're interested in finding out more about what we're doing at Evolve, be sure to check us out by visiting goevolve.co.uk. And finally, remember, in business and in life, you never stop evolving. See you next week. <laughs>